0: Jordan, Chris, episode two of the TV show, C, Apple exclusive or Apple TV exclusive. I should say, um, yep, yep. we just finished wrapping up watching the first or second episode. And well, I mean, there's a lot, honestly, it's like exciting, but not exciting at the same time. I don't know how to really like place it in episodes of like storytelling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, first episode was definitely more exciting, like fast paced, mm-hmm. get the more action, action and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that'll come, but what's interesting, and we were talking a little before we started recording, um, you had the observation that it's kind of a lot of character building and like setting up for future episodes. And that is actually exactly what the second episode is supposed to do in a series. It's, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, like writers call it the second pilot. Um, so you're basically so you have what happens in the first, you know, the first episode, the pilot, and now it's like the story. Um kind of gets rolling, right? So we know what's happening. We know everything that's going on. The second episode is like, okay, now we're in this new world. We're now going to explain to you how they're working in this new kind of situation or setting. And then that's going to lead into the rest of the season. But yeah, so that's that's what this is doing. So it's really setting up where we're at and, and, and see is how, you know, they their home, they couldn't stay there anymore. They had to leave. So they found this new kind of uh, haven, like a safe haven, I guess you can refer to it as. And you know the leader protagonist Pop, Baba Voss, and um, you know his kids are growing up. There, I think there's a time jump of like, I think it's like,
0: so it was twelve like, years. Yeah, it was total of twelve years, but then like at one point it's like a three year jump, kind of in the middle yeah. of the episode. So honestly, that's one of the things that I thought they did really well because I feel like sometimes stories that have like these time jumps, it it's like sometimes they'll just be lazy and be like, oh yeah, twelve years, and then they like. 12 years later, right? Then (laughs) they don't know how to keep the story going. Whereas this episode, I thought they made the time elapse way more interesting than you would have normally expected. And then also giving you a little bit more on the backstory with the, I'm going to just call her the queen or the religious leader. Trying to understand her motivations totally caught me off guard in this episode. I was like, wait, hold on i'm like you're basically a heretic too <laughs> like yeah. not to spoil it too much but like right her own selfish desires i guess because she i mean she and this may speak badly on religious people but you know you, a lot of these religious people want to feel like a god and that's basically what she wants to you know she wants to be the the mother to godly children
1: <laughs> she's like an ideologue with a a God complex. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's very much exactly (laughs) what he is. (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, I think, and we'll, we'll see as we move on. Um, I don't know how much we're going to spoil in these. So I'll I'll be, I'll kind of be mums, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, um, she, to me is arguably the best written character in the series. Mm -hmm. Um, just because of how dark her storyline is. And then obviously her arc, um, you'll find both because I watched it before, but will be interesting. It's, it's, It goes a place you don't really expect. It's not traditional kind of uh, like royal, like what you'd expect of a tyrannical character. How their projection would go, but I mean, when that when that happened the first time, I watched too, and it's just like, oh, like this woman is just selfish. (laughs) Like she doesn't, she literally doesn't care. She's just selfish, and essentially, she's out. She's doing everything for. Personal Love gain or personal gain, obsession, whatever you want to
0: call it. Yeah, like I think that. obsession. It sounds like obsession and personal gain is probably the two, at least from what we've seen of her character so far. And then yeah. I, don't, I don't know, like the whole like sexual dynamic they show with her is just yeah. totally unexpected. I'm like, I'm like, she's like, I need to pray. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, this is praying Man,
1: I that, I'm not gonna lie, I found that hilarious. <laughs> so she's like, all right, let me pray. Yo, I was like, yo, that's a like, Cool twist on how she's like, you know, what we traditionally think of praying. And she's like, nah, mate, I'm a I'm a do I'm a get, this I'ma give I'm <laughs> <get> me some. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, hold on. Oh my god, it was so funny. I know, I was like, um, wait,
0: for real? I'm like, this is not going where I thought this is gonna go with
1: praying. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's I mean, she's demented, <laughs> like she's twisted in the head, you know what I mean? Clearly. Um but I don't know, something about her is so cool. Like that whole exchange she had with, uh, um, I guess it would be her advisor, right? Yeah, like whoever the guy was that praying.
0: gave the the cord. I also thought mm-hmm. that idea of like note taking would never with have thought, of, yeah, would never have thought of that in a million years. And I was like, oh my god, that is so clever, because right? like you'd, you'd get like eventually. I mean, whenever people have lost senses, other senses kind of take over and become mm-hmm. better able at detecting differences, like sense of smell or sense of uh, hearing or touch. And I just thought that was such a cool idea of being able to kind of, how do you transmit messages to people? And so you just come up with probably a probably sophisticated not taking or not method. That would be similar sure. probably to us um, using like Morse code. Uh, it would be my
1: guess. You know? Yeah, braille too. I think braille would be yeah. somewhat similar.
0: Bael would be similar but I'm just not sure how you'd easily implement something like that without an advanced more advanced technology.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Because they're kind of stuck I'm, with <laughs> not yeah. like metal working and stuff like that. Like they have some of it obviously but they can make weapons but I guess we're I mean we're kind of skipped over the like first quarter of the episode where we're talking We did. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I mean, this episode actually opens out in an exciting note where Baba is out in the in the middle of the forest, and all of a sudden, a bear. Like it scared me when the bear is like off on the camera, like over the shoulder. You're like, whoa, hold on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that scene. I mean, the, that to me served a, a couple purposes. But if anything else, or if nothing else, just how much of a badass that dude is. Because, I mean, mind you, he's blind, right? And, yeah. You know, he has, he's, I, I think he's just kind of walking around, just checking out their new home with his kids. Like, you know what I mean? Bonding, I guess you can call yeah. it. Patrolling
0: um, probably too, a little bit. Just yeah. Like,
1: like protecting, overseeing, all that stuff kind of, you know, blended together nicely. Mm-hmm. Um. Then he gets attacked by this bear and, you know, obviously like he's carrying his kids, but he drops him. And he's blind, so he doesn't, like, they're not making sound, and you hear him say, like, please be alive, please be alive, because he doesn't know. He, he can't just walk up to him because there's a bear there. Um, but then the bear makes his way to the kids, and he hears it, so he starts, you know, springs to action. And this dude just decides to shank a bear. <laughs> like, he just shakes a bear. And I'm like, okay, I wouldn't do that, and I can see. <laughs> like, you know, you what know, I this dude is just a badass. Like, was, I mean, that was nuts. <laughs>
0: I know. Th- just the the level of just... I got to do something or this this bear might eat my children kind of thing is it's such a crazy thing, especially because, you know, in my head, I'm just thinking like, how do you like know where you're even stabbing? Cause like, you kind of have a vague idea where the bear is at just from sound, but like you could be stabbing at air and you're like, I'm going to put myself (laughs) in a real bad position.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm saying. You gotta have some cojones for that, but, I, I think what's cool, what they do is he kind of, I might be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he waited till the bear got really close and he had his hand out. Mm-hmm. And so once he like felt the contact. Oh, that's not a ba- he yep. just, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. We'd have to see again. Um, yeah. I, I feel like you're I'm,
0: probably right about that. So a little bit of backstory here, too, is because I've been doing some of the research behind the scenes to kind of understand how the film was being made and on the apple website you can find they actually consulted for a um like with a blind association i can't remember up i'll have a link in the in the episode description to it but uh, they consulted with them so that they were portraying blindness and how people acted realistically so it's it's all grounded in reality basically (laughs) or at least in a reality of like what it means to actually be blind so Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you're probably, yes. What, what he did probably was how someone who was blind would fight a bear.
1: <laughs> is, there's a lot of caveats
0: in that statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, That's really, do- I don't know that. That's really dope though. And it, and it makes sense because a lot of the movements and, or even how they speak to each other, they speak really close. Like, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's like an, an interrogation. In that kind of manner, um, I feel like we'll get there. What's happened in this episode? I, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's that's really cool that they did that, and it it shows it speaks through that it's not just someone who's like, I think this is what it's like to be blind, and kind of, yeah. you know, like those little small holes you see, like, oh, how do you see that person coming in? If You know what I mean? Things yep. like that. Definitely, um, that's awesome.
0: And then, what was that? From there, I guess the biggest reveal is. Now you know who Drilla Morell is for the first time, even though he's kind of whispered right. as like this godlike or mythical figure of who can see. And um, it took me a second to realize because like, you know, when you think bow and arrow had killed the bear, I was like, wait. And then it like, it, I had to, like re-remember, and, like put myself into the world. And I was like, oh, right. Nobody can see. So nobody can shoot something accurately. So no one's going to be doing this unless they can see and I was like, right. oh, you know, like, there's, like, all these, like, checkpoints of my logic that had to, like, get covered.
1: and <laughs> think it just makes sense. You're like, ah, got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's dope. I mean, that was really cool, too. And, um, I mean, the first time you see that, I mean, again, Gerlund Morell was talked about, but he's never seen yet. And I actually like the decision to bring him up, to show him, introduce him in the beginning of the second episode. So it's not just just someone that's spoken about this whole season or series. Yeah. It's like, I mean, a lot of shows do that and it's fine if that's the way you want to do it. But I think it also is like, okay, there's, there's like a tangible person. I know who this is. So when he's brought up, I've met him. So you can kind of relate to that. You know what I mean? It's not just some random person that you have. No, I mean, granted it was only, he was only on screen for what, five minutes. If that, um, but at least you have some sort of attachment. So when he's brought up, you're like, okay, that's who that is. He saved them. Essentially, he's the one who killed the bear. Um, So there's like a little bit of audience um, connection there. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good, really good idea.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought it was cool. I thought it was even cooler that the way he interacted, because now you got to see a sighted person interacting with a blind person, and kind of him being more careful to in in understanding how. Uh, the blind people are gonna be way more like have no idea where he's at like you know kind of putting the mm-hmm. forearm forward to kind of gauge distance and not really be sure and just right is it, this like all these like, little subtle details about this show that just add up to being just probably one of the most immersive shows i think i've ever actually watched because a yeah. lot of stuff is just forgettable whereas like this one it's like when you really just pay attention to like how characters move or Subtle dialogue choices, which we'll probably talk about that toward the end. Um mm-hmm. that kind of give away small things that you normally wouldn't like even think about latching onto in any ways because it's just offhand. It's like whatever, it's just throw away detail.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. They seem like throw throw away details, right? But those details are what make it so immersive. Like literally, so there's nothing that you look at and like, ah oh, that didn't make sense. And th- the second you notice that in any show or movie, or whatever, the second you notice something that isn't uh, true to whatever world it is, then you're gonna remove yourself from it. There's, you know, everyone knows what suspension of disbelief is, um, where you kind of <laughs> buy into whatever it is you're watching. So like Marvel, you kind of buy in that there's a dude who got bit by a spider who can swing from buildings. Like you just buy it. Like it's just it is what it is, right? And it's dope. Um but then once you buy into that world, if the writer or director, whoever starts cheating that and kind of cutting corners and having a, what's it called, like um god from the machine i can't think of that actually the latin phrase for it but just stuff oh, uh, happened. Ex machina there you go yeah i can not remember for some reason but things like that just happen it's like it, it takes you away from it you're like ah yeah i remember i'm watching a whatever yeah. um so for this you see it in everything they're doing the way they speak how mm-hmm. um i don't know if you want to get into this yet but we can wait a little bit but even like things that people say, like when someone enters a room or things like that, yes. it's all it's all makes sense, and you don't notice it until something, like is obvious that calls to that. Yeah.
0: So I think the the before we get into like the more subtle things, I think we should talk about the the interaction with the trader characters. And then the new character, like I guess subclass of character called Shadows, because I thought mm-hmm. this this character adds even more to like what it means as like a blind society, right? Because like the idea of gossiping is kind of uh, baked into human or maybe not even gossiping. It's more like spying, right? Like just information gathering is probably going to be incredibly difficult. In a blind society, just because Mm -hmm. you can't just go and report, (laughs) but it also, (laughs) it also adds a different layer to it. Because if you have someone who's really good at walking stealthily, then all of a sudden they can be in quotes, a fly on the wall and collect information with nobody ever knowing they were there. Um, And I was trying to place so hard who the person was, that was the shadow. And I think she was one of the hunters from the uh, first episode. What if, if I'm remembering correctly
1: you you might be right um she comes up again in pretty big ways okay um i actually don't remember if she was a hunter or not actually i don't think she was i don't know but i feel like her face
0: was familiar for some reason and i'll have to go double check but in any case i thought the idea of, of making this kind of like pseudo shamanic like it's like a separate religious type figure of like you call the shadow when you need to collect information, but you don't want people to know about that, you're trying to find information mm-hmm. is, is really interesting. And, and then also because they're someone who's part of your tribe, they don't speak. Otherwise that would give them away as being this. <laughs> um, Again, another subtle thing, right. All they do is speak in clicks or they don't even speak at all. They kind of have an like an item. Like he, she stole the whip from him, which I thought was great.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh i mean expertly written because um i remember when i first posted this when i first started i watched one episode I mean, this was months ago or whatever and i was like the show is dope and i posted it on facebook and someone uh commented and said the shadows are dope and i didn't get to this episode yet and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> i thought he was talking about like shadows like and i was like yeah the lighting's cool like <laughs> you know what yeah. mean? but I, you know that's what he was talking about and then i saw this and i'm like oh they're dope they're just so like expertly written um and adds to like a really cool lore aspect. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught this, but I'll shadow on women too. Um, yeah, she
0: mentioned that. The one uh, aunt character mentions that because yeah. men are, she said that men are too clumsy. And I was like, I kind of laughed at yeah. myself a little like you're, you're probably right about that.
1: <laughs> right. The idea of this like gracefulness, you know what I mean? Because I mean the way her movements were were very graceful, like mm-hmm. kind of as the um two characters, there are two traitors. I forget their names. Um yeah, I can't remember. They don't know if they mentioned Gather. their names too much. One was Gatherbacks. I don't remember their woman, their girl's name.
0: Yeah. Um, All I know is she was an aunt. I don't remember what if they mentioned it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But either way, um, when they're kind of walking and talking about, they want to get the shadow to get information on um, Baba Voss and this possible witch in their tribe. Um, And they're speaking, and the shadow's following them the whole time, like, walking across a log over them, jumping literally right in front of them. (laughs) And they can't, you know, they're, like, explaining how the shadow, what they do as she's doing it. And I'm like, oh, dude. It's so good. Talk about about exposition, like, perfectly done, you know what I mean? Like, They're like, oh, she only moves when we move. And as they're moving, she's moving with them. It's just, it was really good.
0: And then every time they, like, try to find her or, like, reach for her, she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like,
1: right, throws a stone. Like rock. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's such a cool way to, like, introduce a character that doesn't speak themselves, but letting the people in the story, like, build the mythos. And, you know, even they're not all entirely correct, but they can speak like they're correct about it <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and it just, I don't know, it's just such a cool idea. Uh, and just the makeup design for it really just kind of makes it unsettling. And then like when they kind of violate the personal space, because if they're the shadow, they're kind of not really a real entity there. Like they're not a human when they're playing the role of the shadow, so they can kind of break the rules. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know. It just, it was such a cool thing. And then, you know how it transitions to the next scene uh, where they're inside of the hut. And so, we kind of skipped one detail, but when Baba Voss met Jerla Morrell, he gets a key and he tells them, hey, there's this chest um, in a secret location. Go get this thing. And inside of it, there will be items. And all he alluded to was knowledge, which when we talk about what was inside, you'll it'll become clear. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, but the thing is, you can't give it to my children until they're 12. So They cut to that scene and basically the scene includes the witch they were supposed – or the shadow supposed to collect information on. And they find out – and the audience can tell what it is. But I think they did a great job of writing this scene for someone who Mm -hmm. doesn't know what these objects are. They grab – in the, in the, in the box are books. And so yeah. all three blind people, are, or the two that grab it, they're like, so what are these things? It smells like tree bark. How is this supposed to help us? Like, right.
1: They're and like, in my head, I'm things. just laughing.
0: <laughs> like I have all these books behind me and I'm just like, oh yeah. Like there'd be no way
1: to tell what value of these things. Never seen, well, let alone seen one, but felt one, anything. You'd be like, what the, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this thing?" <laughs> like, it just um, feels like
0: Paper, like it's a tree, and it like, you're just like, is it leaves? Right. I don't know what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is this thing? And then I, the witch is the one who was like, Oh, I know these are my grand, I think she said my grandmother's grandmother, had yeah, like books. a
0: great grandmother or great great grandmother, something like that,
1: yeah, yeah, which is cool that it's like, Oh, that doesn't when you say it that way, it doesn't seem like it was that far away, yeah, it sounds um, like it was
0: probably a hundred or so years ago,
1: yeah, yeah, maybe a hundred, obviously,
0: yeah depending on generations Um, but i'm assuming like 50 years per generation
1: roughly right that's probably a safe it's probably a safe assumption they're like oh this is troublesome because one it's you're not you're not supposed to be able to see right and um so they have this like dilemma like well what do we do do we give it to them do we not like what do we do and they ultimately decide they'll wait like derlin morel said initially that's what they decide um and can we skip ahead when they, when the, yeah, I, Margaret? Think
0: I I, yeah. Cause we covered the scene after that, where they had the um with the queen and her situation. Yeah. And then true, true. after that scene, it kind of jumps back to three years in the future as the children are kind of growing up and they kind of, I guess this is the scene that we alluded to with more subtle details um yeah we can talk yeah. about how they chose to make dialogue that seems like significant but actually ends up being quite significant when you catch it
1: <laughs> All right. the mother baba Voss's um wife at the time um she's speaking to the witch like i have to show you something so you know the kids are in the they're in their uh hot tent whatever you want to call it and she calls over to the witch and she's like um i have this toy i'm going to give it to them right now, I'm going to give you the toy and put it somewhere in the room and watch what they do. Well, and they don't tell them when they're moving the toy, right? And they say to the kids, I forget the kids' names, but they say, go, go find your toy. There's two kids. And they go right to it. Now, obviously, that means they can see where you put it, right? Because then she says, when we cover their eyes, they can't do it anymore. That is, to me, like, this is why I'm so impressed with the show. Because like, And they I handed it over. off,
0: too. She said, give it to me. And then she goes, give it to your auntie. And oh, they go- right. and they don't even say anything. They just turn and say, "Here's."
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yep. <laughs> <But, laughs> I mean, to me, that's what is like when they say "show, don't tell," right? And writing a lot. It's this is true. A lot of pe- a lot of writers or people, critics, whatever, will say, "Oh yeah, no dialogue. <laughs> You're not supposed to speak. Just show it." I don't know if that's what it meant. I don't know if that was as literal. But if there's a way you can relay information without just straight saying the information, like, "Oh, my kids can see." Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. But when you can show when you can show that not just on screen, but the way that it was kind of meta, not even metaphor, but like the technique that they used to relay that information. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was expertly done. Like, oh, let's use this toy. Tell me, go get it. What does that mean? Yeah. You put it together yourself now, just for like an extra confirmation. This, you know, this is what I love too. Um, When that's happening, Baba Voss walks in the tent. This is like, it's really quick. It's an aside, like Margot and the Wits are talking. The kids aren't on the screen, but Baba walks in. And before we even see Baba walk in, because it's off screen, we hear the child go, Baba. One, they know what Baba looks like. No one knows what he looks like. And oh. two, who, how do you know when someone enters a room unless they announce themselves? He didn't say anything yeah. when you walked in. Or
0: you have a very specific like, walking pattern. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like Maybe you have a limp yeah. or something. You're like, oh, I know who that is. It's <laughs> limping I can't Larry. I know. It like, was like, so up it was so yeah. good. Like, I caught it, too, because th- at first I thought they said Papa, which made mm. it even more, you know, either way, it works.
1: Right, right. But
0: either way, I'm like, dude, that's so good. It- it's just... It's these subtle things that you don't anticipate, especially because it's the world we live in, right? Like, when you see someone you know, you say their name or whatever. Or when you see someone walk through a doorway, you kind of, you, you know, you just make an off, mm-hmm. off-handed gesture and, you know, either you recognize the person or you don't. Um, right, right. It's just such a cool way of adding hidden elements that you just take for granted in a story. Um and it's interesting too, like what you're saying, where it's like the show don't tell aspect of this is I think it shows like, cause you could just have a scene where there's no dialogue. And all of a sudden like the children, like you just have like music playing or something and you just see them interacting in some way that gives it away to the audience. But I think they made it emotional for the characters that it was an important thing for them, meaning the mother yeah. and the witch, because the mother is, it, She's thinking about their safety, right? Because if they're sighted, yeah. they're going to be hunted for the rest of their life, and if they aren't "in quote" safe or protected, they they are going to die, or more yeah. likely, be killed by something. Because I, I think the the hint at this all with all of this is that the children are going to have to leave if they are sighted, because it's like they're being called to a greater um, yeah some greater calling, right? Some right call to adventure right in, into using storytelling yeah. terms
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean you're right and so that's like the maternal instinct saying i don't want that life for my kids um which i mean that it's a it's an interesting point because when if you're in that same situation and, and me or you don't have kids obviously but yeah. um for, i can imagine if it was my kids i'd probably that'd be a hard thing to decide like they can get murdered for this shit <laughs> you know right. what i mean like but it's like, do we want to steal that from them? From them? Um, and ultimately, Margaret, I think I'm saying that right. She's like, we have to hide this from everyone. No one can know because this is dangerous. And then she's like, we're not going to give them the books. Like, yep, they don't need that knowledge because it's just, it's too much.
0: It's too dangerous or too soon or. And also, she doesn't want to give him up. I mean, to be totally honest, I don't think she... <laughs> <It's> another, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind of like in the same vein as the, the, the queen is selfish. I think Magro ends up choosing the selfish road um, because she yeah. wants to not only keep her children safe, but also because she um, doesn't want to lose them. Uh, I, I feel like it's yeah. a danger of every parent where it's like you you want to make them safe, but there's a point where you want to keep them too safe and you you know, stifled their own growth. And I think in that situation, Margaret was in in that category.
1: Yeah, that's a really, I didn't, yeah, that's a really good point. I think we're spot on with that.
0: And then I think one of the coolest stories in this episode was where they had this kind of like a montage going on where she's reading uh, the children like Mm. a bedtime story or like a bedtime myth. And it's funny Mm -hmm. because when she was saying it, I didn't catch it at first, where she's kind of talking in this abstracted terms about, you know four different people one might be ugly one might be handsome one might be whatever um mm. and she kind of goes through this whole thing and then all of a sudden she says oh and it's the this person was vision and so it's kind of this yeah. mythological version of vision which is i just thought it was really well written too i feel like we just keep talking about how well that written this episode is <laughs> but it yeah, really i mean is. i mean
1: it, the dialogue in this entire show is like amazing and just the way they relay information but even with that story um it's kind of it's like an allegory for their civilization yes. where they're in because the other four characters were touch smell scent i think uh hearing and taste um you know and that vision comes like oh one of you is ugly one of you is this and the four characters to start explaining or not explaining but trying to figure out, well, who who's the yeah. ugly one, who's the other one? And he's like, well, you can never know, so why do you care? And then, and like a dick, he leaves. <laughs> like, But that's what happens in their, situa- in their life situation, like sight left. So, you know, they're bickering, they're fighting, they're trying to figure out who it is, and then ultimately they decide the four of us are good enough. We don't need sight. And the mother's telling this to her kids, it's almost like she's planting a seed, <laughs> and they're saying, like, your sight isn't really a gift, we don't need it. Know what I mean? As they're like showing them being raised to act as if they don't have sight, like uh, the son, he's doing um, I don't know what it was, but he has like string in his hands and he's like making shapes. Yeah,
0: and I thought it was cool too because it was like as she was telling the story, she they're doing like a time hopping where she would Mm -hmm. tell a story and then like a separate scene with so the in the first episode they had a witch hunter and so the witch hunter was kind of being showed here in different sections as he's coming closer and closer to their new Mm -hmm. village because he's trying to find them um but you get to see time passing because not only the children are are getting older but also the witch hunter is getting older and the clothing is changing all these like little subtle details of like showing time passing that i thought was a great way to kind of Instead of just putting a screen where he says, and 12 years later or whatever years yeah. later, again, like you, you just get to feel the world kind of evolving around the characters.
1: Again, it goes back to the immersion, right? It's just, it lets you feel like you were going through that time with them. Obviously, yes. you're not watching this episode for 12 years, but like you get that idea that like, okay, a lot of time is passing. They're learning yeah. how to live in this world and be blind. Even though they're not, and I assume that's not an easy thing to do when you every day you have to act as if you can't see, but you can. It's like even just saying like, oh, look out. What do you mean? Look. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but no, I mean, it's, yeah,
0: this is really good. So cool. I wonder, I'm curious, now I might have to look this up and see. I'm curious if all those contexts they're wearing as, for the characters, I wonder if they're actually blind or are they just really good at acting? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i'm assuming there might be some but i know i mean obviously jason Momoa is not um
0: no i mean like the not the characters themselves i mean the context make them blind
1: is what i was oh that's a yeah
0: that because that's a good point because it's like a practical effect then instead of just h- hoping the actor is going to sell it you you actually yeah. make them and then maybe have them work with a blind person or something and coach them and be like okay how do we do this um yeah so i thought that was
1: that's a, a, that might be that's interesting there's a there's a film called the sound of metal um
0: oh yeah that's a great film i love that
1: film it is really good i forget the actor's name i apologize um but in, in parts i think he ended up taking him out but in some parts of the film he had plugged like noise blockers into his ear oh okay so that he actually couldn't hear but he said it was so uncomfortable and like i think almost painful he ended up taking him out but um, oh wow yeah. So I wonder, they they might have, that's, that's an interesting point.
0: Yeah. I'll look it up and I'll bring it. If I find it, I'll put it in the, either the show notes or we'll bring it up in episode three and then cool. I guess the, the end of this is, so we said that Maghra decides that she's not going to give the books to the children and the witch thinks that she's making error. So she goes of her own accord on their 12th birthday and says, I'm going to give you the best gift that anyone could ever give you. And that is books and a note from your father, and uh, the son at first kind of rejects it. And he says, "What do you mean, my father?" Because you know they've been raised to think that Baba Voss has been their father this whole time, and mm-hmm. like what? So they kind of rejected it at first, or at least half of them reject it. And then afterwards, they read the note and have books, and they kind of like, hmm, well, no one else can figure this out but us. It kind of, I don't know, it's right. kind of what it felt like to me. It's like, are we going to run away from our, you know, in quotes, destiny? Um, especially, I think, probably playing the seed with young children is to say, this is your real father, and your real father has the same abilities that you do so that he can help you understand the world. Um, yeah. I think that would be enough to drive almost any child to want to understand, right? Because you're trying to figure your place out in the world. And if there's one other person who can help you understand it, that is not your sibling,
1: yeah. Not a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Um and it's cool. I mean, it ends and on a little bit of symbolism um -hmm. that we call that. I didn't notice this the first time, but um they look at each other, they like climb up away from everyone and they're gonna get their reading done. And the sister goes, What are you reading? And the brother shows 1984 uh, by Orwell. Um I've never read it. Don't know much about it. I've heard a lot about it. You know a little more about it. Um, so I guess if you want to speak to that symbolism there, you probably could do it better than I could.
0: Yeah, I just thought the parallels, at least with the Aurelian aspect of of what 1984 represents is kind of like the big buzzword is, is around like authoritarianism, big brother, basically controlling narratives or controlling information with people. And that's really what the religious authority is doing in this story, or at least as far as we know they're doing. And they're controlling the narrative and you know, trying to police sight in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so I felt like that just the idea of books is an allegory to what um, the the what has been lost in this like post-apocalyptic society, and they're trying to regain. it's it's almost kind of like a Promethean story of like stealing fire and providing it to humanity yeah. again, it's it's now we're stealing sight and providing it to humanity again. <laughs> wow,
1: I love that. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: And and now yeah, there's people who, who want to control that for the rest of, you know, because if you give that back, then people can think for themselves or, you know, and think of it this way. A book is a way to think. You're injecting the thoughts of another person directly into your brain. So you're thinking those thoughts as if you had those ideas.
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: and pre-records of that is sight <laughs> right <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah damn but yeah books, books are one of the
0: most powerful tools
1: <laughs> yeah definitely are especially in a time like that when there are none or yeah. they kind of cease to exist mm-hmm. um but yeah it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger
0: yes oh um, yeah we forgot to mention this with the trader
1: like, yeah yeah bring it um, home we can go quickly but yeah so earlier earlier the, the traders like you know obviously they want to be they're working with the the bad people right so he's like i'm going to send messages and you know i'll send one or i think he said three whatever number he's going to send multiple every day infinitum you know what i mean this is going to send them and they're like well the chances of them finding them are so slim he's like well eventually they will so for 12 years this man is sending messages in a bottle essentially um, I think he's using, like the, cord, the like, the cord
0: method, but, like, attaching it to a bottle or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's, like, kind of messaging a bottle, you know what I mean? Just sending it downstream, and he does this every day however many times. And the episode ends after all these years go by that some random person in another village picks it up. But yeah, I was trying to then. figure
0: it out. I was like, "Who is that?" I, I'm like, because mm-hmm. I, I, I." As that episode ended, it ended with the children with the books, and I thought it was over. So I kind of was not paying attention, and all of a sudden I hear the the jingling of the bottle, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" So I like rewound it to, to see what yeah. I missed because I at first I thought it was like one of the witch hunter guys had like found it in the river or something randomly, um. But now I'm even more in, now more intrigued because clearly that's a different tribe, and well now they just put a target on their back. By having that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's kind of a cliffhanger so, in the sense of, well, if the witch hunters go there, they're going to have a, at least a direction to go. <laughs> go yeah, up river. are going to get an answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially episode two. Um, again, a little slower paced, especially than episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it served, a, it served a particular purpose that I think it nailed. Now it's like, okay, so we got every, all the explaining we needed to do. It's out of the way. Let's go. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I
0: mean. I'm excited to see, especially because now it feels like the ramp up. Like the children are going to probably head out to the do their thing and find their father. Um, Mm -hmm. And even still, it doesn't mean that Baba Voss and the the tribe are out of the woods yet, because not only that they have their own little traitor doing his things, and people seem to be questioning like the cliffhanger with Baba Voss is everyone keeps kind of alluding to his darker past, where he was not. Mm as charitable as a person as he currently is um, yeah. which leads me to believe they're kind of foreshadowing that they're going to push him to become that person again <laughs> without him wanting to be that person per se <laughs>
1: yeah 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 we will see yeah I know you know I, guess, so. <laughs> I was like we, I've seen it I'm not going to say anything yeah, but we'll see <laughs> I'm just
0: more pushing this out there because like, I'm trying to keep this raw for for myself so that I'm going into yeah. it with no preconceptions of where the story goes <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, I I think you'll be pleased.